0: Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. Weird, tough, frustrating, devastating, uh, a lot of different adjectives that you can use for this year's growing season. Welcome into the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer and joining me today is someone who brings a lot of different experience and we're going to touch on quite a few different things here on this podcast today. Scott Waltman is with me from lacrosse seed scott's also the cover crop chair for the american seed trade association he's an agronomist and cover crop lead for lacrosse seed Uh, family's been in the crop insurance business for years so we're going to talk about some of those issues as well Uh, we've got a lot of different things to discuss here today scott thank you so much for joining us on on the hat soil health podcast Uh, first off let's just talk a little bit about your impressions of the season, uh, which one of those adjectives that I used would best fit what you're seeing out there?
1: Yeah, so appreciate it, Eric. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to, the, this morning to, to visit with you for a little bit. I think the number one thing uh, that I see from, from growers acro- across a you know, pretty large footprint would be frustrating. Um, so many times, and again, our family, we farm um, here in, in, uh, outside of Effingham, Illinois, Um, So many times this year, uh, we were just about on the doorstep of being able to to get out and do a few more things, and then Mother Nature, you know, didn't cooperate. So, you know, not only in Illinois or Indiana, but in areas east into Ohio, Michigan, areas north, Wisconsin, South Dakota, I think we were so close in so many different occasions of, of being able to get out and get a few things done, get some corn planted or get some, maybe some cover crop acres sprayed or something uh, this spring, and we just weren't quite ready to do that. Now, there are some other factors going on that we'll we'll hit on that maybe, um, you know, didn't necessarily uh, equate to a ton of opportunity going into this spring. But for many others, you know, I I think a lot of guys approach this as, hey, this is going to work just like any other spring. And we just kept getting rain about every three or four days. Just enough to keep us out of the field and uh, and here we are today yeah
0: so scott let's let's talk through some of these things here uh, I mentioned that uh, your family's been in the crop insurance business for years that's really one of the the big things, and we are going to talk in just a moment about cover cre- uh, cover crop seed supply uh it's a bit in- t- uh, tight supply, but let's talk about this crop insurance part first because that is kind of all the questions right now regarding prevented plant uh ccsi has done a great job they've put a lot of prevented plant resources available in one place uh kind of taking all of the different things and putting them together on their website ccsin.org but from from your standpoint what are some of the big questions that are weighing into decisions for growers in this really frustrating season
1: yeah so um that is a that is a huge topic no doubt and um like you stated, my, you know, my family—we've uh, we've been in this uh, industry for a while now. I don't, I don't live or breathe it as much as others in my family family do. But you know, the thing that we always tell, whether it's you know uh, our team at Lacrosse Seed or people that that we work with, our dealers, we encourage them to tell growers that, you know, at the end of the day, your insurance agent is always is always the final arbiter, no doubt but there are several things to consider. And I think the biggest thing is when we think about prevent plant in, in so many cases, depending on how you define prevent plant and depending on how one defines a cover crop, they're probably the same thing. So when we're planting a cover crop on a prevented plant acre, so many of those uh, decisions are going to be about when can I plant, um, you know what time of year should I plant to get a good stand? Whether that is June or July, and if that's the case, we're going to have to plant something different than if we would if we wait till maybe August or September. But not only that, what when can I plant, and how can I manage that? But then what can I do with that cover crop? And I know many many folks listening will probably understand that November first is a key date because if you if you if a farmer or a grower does plant a cover crop um, during the late planting period. If they want to receive that full uh, prevent plant payment they cannot hay or graze or do anything that's going to give them any kind of economical advantage on that acre before november one so as long as they don't do that uh they'll be fine but um i think we're going to hit on the the need for forage in so many areas of the country that is going to be hard for some folks uh to do and there are some a few things in certain areas where where guys can still receive a percentage of the prevent plant payment um, if the cover crop or their whatever they're planning on that prevented plant acre is uh, planted after the late planting period, so there's a lot of layers, um, and I and I think also Eric, I it could be we could only be a few days away from a bill getting passed that might open up some of the prevent plant acres um, to you know a little bit more flexibility on what farmers can do with that as well. So I think the biggest things in, from from my desk are hey, what can I, if I'm a grower, what can I do on that acre right now? What are my restrictions? And then secondly, how can I manage that acre later on towards the end of the year? Those yeah. are the two biggest
0: things. Yeah, and I would say here, Scott, you know, one thing, this this podcast may be up for a while, so just to kind of bring some folks up to speed on where we're at right now as we speak, uh, USDA uh, it was kind of buried in a press release last week. The Secretary Purdue said that they're, Exploring their legal flexibilities to be able to provide some minimal market facilitation program payments for those prevented plant acres that do end up with cover crops on them. Uh, again, as you mentioned, a lot of layers on that, and we certainly uh, point folks to their crop insurance agent for for a lot of those answers because that's going to be the best place to go get them. Again, you're listening to the Hat Soil Health podcast presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative of Indiana. I'm Eric Pfeiffer with Scott Waltman with Lacrosse Seed. He's also the cover crop chair for the American Seed Trade Association. And you touched on a little bit there about loss of forage. Uh, go go into that a little bit more. Uh, some of these decisions that, are, that have to be made because of that as well.
1: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I think is important for, for folks in Indiana and, and all across the country, to to understand, I think, is that weather events and I would say extraordinary conditions all over the country, and in some cases even outside of, of our country, greatly affect you know seed inventories and, and overall demand for seed. So the and again that the 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 prevent plant and uh and all of those decisions are just another thing to layer on top of that. So when, we, when we're talking about hay shortage, there's there's some areas in the in the country that are not only facing historical low hay stocks or hay inventories, but you could argue they're the lowest well USDA says we're the lowest amount since two thousand twelve in this country and in some states Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, um, we're facing 20, 30, 40-year lows in terms of hay inventory. So we knew that, Eric, going into this year, going into this winter, that hay stocks were going to be low and that a lot of livestock producers were going to be demanding hay. They needed to plant new, uh, you know, they needed to seed new plantings to make sure that they were uh, well leveraged to get something off of these acres this year to meet that demand. Well, then what happened? Well, we had a really tough winter in many many parts of the country, even through Indiana, uh, you know, northern areas of Indiana, even maybe the southern southern areas as well, and then also up in, you know, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, other areas of the Upper Midwest where we lost a lot of alfalfa. Some growers lost a lot of small grains and that just made the hay inventory even more more pressured Um, than all of the flooding that we got in some areas out in you know nebraska missouri again we're just keep piling on and we keep we keep uh, pulling seed away from an industry that does its best to try to meet the demand from year to year but there's just no way anybody could have predicted all of these things happening at one time so not only are We're thinking about, you know, I know the the conversation today is more about cover crops, but so many of the cover crops, Eric, as you know, are also forages. And so many, you know, forages that we use, at least annual forages, could work as a cover crop. So there's just a a limited pile, and you want to call it a pile. There's a pile of seed, um, in theory, across this country. And so many different uh, factors are pulling away at that pile, and again, we sit here today on uh, middle of middle of June, looking at a a uh, an inventory of seed that still needs to offer opportunity for farmers to plant cover crops. But the need for forage and the need for just something growing out on so many of these acres is trumping that for sure. I think if, if guys are wanting to if guys are wanting to plant something in June or July. Um, you know, on terms of a prevent plant acre for their crop insurance, I think typically guys are going to to want to lean towards a warm season crop like a Sudan grass or a millet or something like that. The problem is, the challenge is, a lot of those supplies are gone. So so I think those, can, those thoughts about planting something in the summertime and using options that will work, that is great. In any other year, that would work fine. But because of all of the short hay stocks, a lot of those supplies are gone as well. So I think if, if I was in a farmer's shoes in central or northern or southern Indiana, if, if I could, I would probably wait a little bit longer to try to catch a cool season window where I could plant, you know, some of the, the traditional cover crops. Again, with the supply being what it is, we might have to wait. Until that, you know, till that time anyway. Quite frankly, so if it, if I was in those shoes, and again, our family, our farm, uh, the some of the decisions we're going to make, we're not necessarily going to look at planting a cover crop as quickly as we can, just because we can't get the seed. Um, we're going to wait until maybe later on in July, maybe into maybe into August, where now we can start planting. The radishes and the crimson clovers and things like that, um, largely because I think that's when uh, that's going to enable the seed supply is going to enable us to do that.
0: And you you mentioned the cover crop, the tight supply here now. Uh, As I understand it, you were just recently out in D.C. trying to explain that to some folks because this is not just an issue in Indiana. This is very widespread, as you've mentioned. Uh, What were some of the uh, talking points out in D.C.? Who did you speak with? and how was it received while you were out there?
1: Well, yeah, so um, I, I do spend time to time, I, I do spend some time in, in D.C., um, and the folks at the American Sea Trade Association are are great. Uh, they stay on, on top of, of so many different things, and they're talking with legislators every day, people within USDA, um, making sure that That everybody knows the issues going on in the country, whether it's in Indiana or other parts of the Corn Belt or other parts of the Midwest or wherever. Um, But I can tell you that folks across the board um, in the ag industry understand what's going on. And again, I think there could we could only be you know a few days away, sometime here middle of June or maybe towards the end of June, of having um, not only some of the, the the things you mentioned. Uh, from from Mr. Uh, Purdue, but also um, some other uh, flexibility as it relates to uh, doing being able to harvest or take some economic uh, benefit off of some of these prevent plant acres. So I think there might be some folks out there that say, you know, hey, the seed industry could be doing a little bit more. you know what happened? Why isn't there enough seed ab- available? And I think again, whether it's the cover crop seed industry or the forage, seed industry, call it the small seed industry, we are doing our best to meet the demand. Um, But here's one thing to keep in mind, Um, unlike corn and soybeans, um, and this is going to be one of the takeaways I have for growers here, unlike corn or soybeans, where the industry can, you know, we kind of know and we can kind of plan on how how many acres uh, one's going to have, whether it's an individual grower or across the whole state of Indiana or whatever. We can't do that with cover crops. When when growers go into their FSA office every year, they don't necessarily report their cover crop acres. So when it comes to the the folks that are supplying the seed, it's really hard to plan because we have no forecast. Um, we're only going off of historical usage. And granted, those acres keep going up and up and up, and that's a great that's a great thing. But. We're, 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 you know, going off of information that may or may not be accurate every year. Um, some of it may be anecdotal on what guys are going to use, and it makes it really, really hard. And it's the same way in the forage industry, too. So you have that uncertainty going into every year, and then with, with what's happened uh, with the weather and, and, and what happened this winter with uh, the, the tough winter we had and now all the flooding It just makes it hard and folks in Washington, I really feel like Eric, they understand that. And again, I feel like in the next week to 10 days, we're going to probably have a little bit of relief. Uh, offering a little bit of flexibility to growers, again, not only in Indiana, but across the Corn Belt.
0: This is the Hat Soil Health Podcast presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative of Indiana. You can visit them at ccsin.org. Scott Waldman is with me. He is the cover crop chair for the American Seed Trade Association. You can get more info at betterseed.org. He's also an agronomist and cover crop lead for LaCrosse Seed. You can get information there at lacrosseed.com. And Scott, I have to imagine that A big part of this as well is, you know, this has been just a year of this perfect storm. I I would imagine that there are folks, now that all of these prevented plant acres that we presume will be out there, they want a living root in the ground. They've heard about how great it can be, but they've never really uh, explored using cover crops before. I have to imagine that there's going to be an increase in demand from customers like that for cover, uh, cover crop seed maybe they've never done it before so now there's no way you could have planned for that right
1: no you're you're right on the money i think you know one of the things one of the challenges that many growers face is how to get cover crops seeded effectively to to not only you know give them to the, provide them the benefit or the goal that they that they you know wished in planting a cover crop in the first place but you know how how can how can we get something growing out there maybe earlier than than just waiting till after harvest and this year uh there's no doubt that our seeding window is going to be shortened after harvest um depending on what model you're looking at we could have you know a lot of corn being harvested around around uh first frost or you know time we get to black layer in some of these uh some of these areas we could be well past the opportune time to plant a lot of the cover crops that the guys will typically plant. So to your point, if we have a prevent plant acre, now it's not necessarily October, November. Now we have the opportunity to seed something a little bit earlier. So now the, 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 you know, the options are wide open on what guys can plant. In a typical year, I would say the options would be wide open, but now we fall back on the limited supply and that is going to, uh, really shorten the options that we have. But you're right, there's going to be a lot of guys, I think, across a wide, wide area in this country that say, you know what, I've got to prevent plant uh, acre here. Now I have the opportunity to at least try something to protect my most valuable resource, um, get something out there. Again, a farmer might plant a cover crop for a lot of different reasons. Maybe it is increased you know, soil, uh, soil health um soil performance maybe it's just in the short term maybe it's just stop trying to uh, slow down erosion or uh, eliminate some compaction issues maybe it's weed suppressing too i mean there's going to be a lot of guys that want to stay ahead of of all the different uh weed challenges that might happen if we leave that acre fallow so there's a lot of reasons why guys are going to look at cover crops this year the problem will be and this is a, a call to action growers need to think about this today if they haven't already they need to start planning. They need to start meeting with their, their seed supplier because even the options that we would typically say, hey, they're wide open. You can plant anything from a cow pea to, to a sun hemp to a sorghum sudan to whatever. A lot of those options, by the time they get ready to seed, whether that's in first part of July or maybe the first part of August, those options might be depleted because of everything else going on today.
0: And Scott, let's let's talk quickly here. Obviously, uh, as the cover crop chair for the American Seed uh, Trade Association, an agronomist, cover crop lead yourself or your company, Lacrosse Seed, uh, the importance of quality seed and and buying from qualified seed suppliers. How is that impacted with all of this tight supply?
1: Yeah, I think I think the risk will be, or the the a lot of the folks in our industry as we're trying to uh, find. Any seed that we can to uh, to you know to give to our our retailers so they can provide to the growers or others in the industry that are just seeding seed or selling seed directly to to a grower they might uh, they might um, be thinking we're going to try to find seed wherever wherever we can and therein lies a the problem that uh, undoubtedly there's going to be some seed that gets into the market this year. Because of the huge demand, that probably doesn't check all the boxes, so to speak. Um, it's probably not going to be um, not going to be as clean as what as what uh, maybe somebody might be used to. It might not necessarily be as uh, as um, I would say overall the overall quality from from what what happens at harvest all the way through bagging. There might be some some indiscretions there potentially. So, I would just uh, you know implore growers to make sure they're working with a reputable seed supplier. As for lacrosse seed we we typically or we generally work through um, especially in Indiana, we work through the ag retail um, channel so um, because of that, we know that uh, that that we have to supply good quality seed uh, with a lot of agronomy behind it because if we don't our dealers will will let us know for sure so we're held to a high standard um i know within the seed trade association we want to keep people doing the right thing but i think this year there's going to be some some cases where some seed kind of you know slips through the cracks a little bit because of the the huge huge demand for just about anything and everything that guys can find Um, so um, it is going to be a watch out for sure, and it's not only. This isn't something that that we're you know only talking about this year. This is something Eric, as you know, that we've talked about for a long time, and cover crops, because of how a lot of cover crops are grown, uh, where cover crops are coming from, the seed supply. I think this is a, a larger decision for sure, because again, I think in Indiana it's been you know. Uh, very, very widely known that there has been some, some challenges over the years in, in making sure that all of the seed that funnels its way into Indiana is of good quality. Um, I think, though, as we go forward, if we think about where cover crop acres could be in, in 5, 10, 15 years, we could be looking at uh, upwards of you know 35 or 40 million acres if the trend line continues. So that'll be important for not only the seed industry, to make sure we're doing what we need to do to provide good quality seed. But I would say that it's probably going to be it probably stands to reason that we're going to have to have some locally grown seed to meet that demand in Indiana as well and we're going to the industry is going to the seed industry is going to keep on fighting for for laws and regulations that maintain uh, the best quality that we can that we can get.
0: That's Scott Waltman. He's the cover crop chair for the American Seed Trade Association, as well as an agronomist and cover crop lead for Lacrosse Seed. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time, and uh, hope things uh, start to clear up for for you and for all of our farmers out there with this uh, just I- incredible season that uh, I don't know that many people have seen before.
1: No, I certainly appreciate it, and I'll just leave you. I'll, I'll leave you with with one thing. I think. The kind of the the standard by uh, by which cover crops are 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 used, uh, for, or the 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 main option is typically a small grain like an oat or a rye, and even those supplies, as we talked today uh, on the 16th of June, are very 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 tight. So we'll have to we'll have to rely on new crop coming off this summer to meet the demands of guys wanting to plant a cover crop. Typically we have enough carryover from the year before that we can meet the needs. And then by the time new crop comes off, we're going pretty well. Um, We're well into the season and we can meet that demand. But because of things that have happened in the past in terms of weather, we have, and and again, increased demand that we've been talking about, we have a very limited supply. I'm talking about the industry here of oats and cereal rye. And because of that, a lot, a large percentage of seed coming into Indiana probably won't arrive until late July for oats and probably sometime like mid to late July for August. So this is another consideration. Guys want to plan, and I encourage them to, but just know because of the situation we're in, you might not have the opportunity to seed until that new crop is clean, conditioned, and uh, and brought into the state. So. There's just a lot of factors going on for sure, but I appreciate I appreciate the the opportunity Eric to talk to you.
0: And again, my thanks to Scott Woldman with Lacrosse Seed and the American Seed Trade Association. A lot of things going on out there that I know you all need help with and hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully also helpful the resources found at ccsin.org. All of those prevented planting resources that have been flooding in boxes are now found in one place right there. It's a great place to start, but as Lisa Holsher, the director of CCSI, told me earlier this week, don't just stop there, it's a good place to start, but also be sure to reach out to your soil and water conservation districts, to local NRCS officials, and also Purdue Extension. They'll be able to help you through all of these decisions, these tough decisions that you have to make. Again, thanks to CCSI, proud sponsor here of the Hat Soil Health Podcast. We'll do it again next month. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This podcast has been a production of Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.